All right, all right, all right. Uh, welcome back to another episode of our Friends with Benefits podcast, All Things Relationship. I'm your host, Billy G. Williams, a.k.a. The Big Homie. I'm um, joined by my panel. We got uh, the side piece, Fresh. What's going on, King? What's popping, everybody? What's good? We have the two queens with us. We got the newbie, Lena B. What's up, baby? Hello. How y'all doing? And then we got the ever so cute and so adorable Auntie Nani. What's up, baby girl? Happy New Year. I'm well. How are you? All right, all right. And if I had a, a pair of drums, I would definitely do a drum roll for this brother here because I've been following his uh, his game for a long time. I'm like a super big fan of his work. Uh, I want to give a big friendship benefits, all things relationship, salute and welcome to the legend, Rosebud Two Bs. Bit of dose, aka John Dixon. What's up? What's up, y'all? Everybody, I hope you're having a pleasant time and a fabulous new year. Yeah, yeah. So far, so good. I can't complain. All right. Uh, so, Rosebud, what we do here first, so we can get straight to, you know, the knowledge that we like to talk about on this podcast. We want to get our social media stuff out the way. So, since you're our special guest, shout out to social media. What you got going on, and then we all gonna follow suit. Well, you know, I, I really ain't big on social media, but I do got Instagram, the real John Dixon underscores between the words. And I have uh, Instagram, wait a minute, that's Instagram. And I have the Twitter. Uh, and I, what's my Twitter? Oh, uh, Mr. Rosebud. Yeah, at Mr. Rosebud. That's my Twitter. And then Facebook, you know, and, and you know, my thing mostly is just my school, bro. <laughs> okay. uh, everything, everything I'm doing now, it's coming from the videos, man. That's mm-hmm. advertisement. Right, this, right, right. This is fabulous for me. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. So go, go ahead, Fresh. Shout out to social media. WGT underscore Fresh. Holla at your boy. And that's on Instagram. Go ahead, Lena. Um, you can get me on Instagram at L-I-N-A underscore B-E-E. I go by Lena B. Or on Facebook, Marlena Bishop. All right, and Auntie Nani. Um, Nyandable, N-Y-A-N-D-A-B-L-E at Instagram, or on Instagram. All right, all right. And uh, social media for this podcast, we're on uh, Instagram, uh, FWBC underscore all things relationship. Our YouTube channel goes by the same name, FWBC, I'm sorry, uh, all things relationship. You can find this podcast there as well. All right. So uh, let's get right down to it, man, Mr. Rose. But uh, like I said, man, I've been a fan of you for a long time. So uh, we start our podcast with with a, a meme, what we call a relationship meme, right? So I try to find one that fitted you perfectly. And that's how we're going to start our conversation today. So this meme says, I didn't choose the pimp life. The pimp life chose me. So let me ask Mr. Rose, but when you when you was in the game, did you choose the life or did it choose you? Bro, the life ain't gonna choose you. You got to choose it. And once you choose it, you gotta submit. You gotta surrender. Or else some bad gonna happen to you, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't go against the grain. Everybody wanna come into the game with their own version. Right. And that's why they be in the game two months and they gone. Right, okay. right. A dude like me, I was in the game so I got tired. And right, I was right. something else. And I rolled from two years to 30 years after that. Rolls Royce is a gang of white bitches, a gang of jewelry, all of it. And <laughs> I, I stopped on my own because I had a daughter and I had to become a dad. Right. Because her mama was on that shit. And, right. and, and when I went over there one time, she, uh, she was doing that shit. And I said, look, I told her, look, you, you, you can have all that welfare shit. You could have whatever you need to have, and you can do right. whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking Lena. Matter right. of fact, Lena be my daughter named Lena. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. All the best people named Lena. All yeah. the best people named Lena. Anyway, I got her after going through some changes. And uh, this is really the truth. I was getting ready to go to New York. And I had my daughter in the back seat. Some I had talked to somebody a few days earlier and told me it was money, it was getting money. So I had my girl in the back seat and I, I'm finna go. I didn't packed up and everything. I'm in the car. 
I turned around and said, you ready to go, girl? I don't know what happened. Something, <laughs> something hit me right then. And I just sat there like 10 minutes. And I, man, I can't do this. I, I can't be pulling her up and taking her across the country because I know it's the money over there. There's money right. everywhere. So I had already moved out this house and, and I was just leaving. So instead of going to New York, I went home to my mom's house and, and changed my life. Because right. I wanted to take care of my daughter. No welfare, no none of that shit. Right. And I, I, I've been in the streets all the time. You right, know, I, right. did, I did motherfucking, you know, get a job. And, and you know, I'm a great uh, uh, person. So I ended up being a supervisor at this doggone place that we traveled around the country to do uh, quality control for McDonald's, mm -hmm. but we were working for Coca-Cola. Right. So uh, McDonald's get all their drinks from Coca-Cola. Mm -hmm. About my daughter was like two or three when I started, but when she got 15, and I thought she was old enough to understand, I told her, I, 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 this job is killing me. And, and I can't, you know, work. I can't do nobody's work. Work. I wanted my daughter to be raised up seeing me go to work. Because I didn't want to have any guilt about her turning into a hoe. <laughs> so I thought if I raised it like my parents raised me, with both of my parents raised me, I got 12 brothers and sisters all by the same parents. And, and uh, I, I actually succeeded at that as far as that go. You mm -hmm. know, like that. But what I'm saying is Lena made me see when I told her that I I can't do this anymore. She said, quit. I said, yeah, but I'm gonna take care of you. And she said, dad, you already selling stuff on, uh, I forget where I was selling it on. I was just starting to build my confidence course. Right. And she said, dad, you can do that. That's why everything I sell now, she get 10%, because I wouldn't even did it if she wouldn't push me. Right. My mm -hmm. daughter pushed me. To, I mean, I was going to quit, but I was going to be doing something else. Right. But she just, I didn't even think, I wasn't even focused on this confidence course. And mm -hmm. then I was just miserable. I was focusing on writing. You know, I didn't wrote 21 books. Right, right. And, and uh, Lena telling me, Dad, you can do that. She made me do it, man. I'm telling you, I already love her, but I really love her. Because right. let me find something and let me be the way I want to be, when I want to be it, and I'm making a game of money. Right, so, right. Lose. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. So now, let me ask you, Mr. Rosebud. So how was Rosebud introduced to the pimp game? Like, who introduced you to the, to the pimp game? Did you stumble into it? Like what you like? Like how did you even get introduced to it? At thirteen, I was already selling weed and shit, and I was on the on the on the on the blade in the crest, mm -hmm. which is was my smoking grounds. And um, Fudgy pulled up. Now I didn't know Fudgy at the time, but he was a pimp, right? And the nigga get out the car, and he said, "You got that weed." Because somebody had told him I had it. He said, I said, yeah, man. I'm, I'm nudging my buddies because I'm talking to a pimp, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, come on, step into my office. I had never been in a pimp car. I had never been around a pimp. I've seen them ride by and shit, mm -hmm. but I've known them. Right. And then, dude, I got this car, and it was all over. Mm. Uh, and then when I gave him sold him weed, he got out the car and he leaped up on the hood of his doggone Fleetwood. I was about to ask you what kind of car was it? Doing, doing the skate like James Brown. Talking right. about, woo, I, <laughs> woo. I, and then when you look at his shoes, that four-pound roll of diamonds going across the toes. Ooh. I told him, man, I'm finna, that's me. I'm finna be that. Right. And, it took some years, but I ended up pimping. <laughs> okay, okay. And like at the height of your time in that lifestyle, what what kind of pimp was you? Like how how would you categorize yourself as what kind of pimp was you? From the bottom to the top, I was the same. I was a monster. I started out with one white bitch, and and, and that motherfucker was crazy about me. 
And I, I, I didn't like white girls. But this bro, she just, dang, she just liked me. And everything I told her to do, everything I explained to her to do, she did everything I said, exactly the way I said it. And you know what the value of that was? It was teaching me how to be a pimp because nobody turned me out. I met, I met this bitch and she was talking about, what, what do you want to do? What is boss? That kind of bullshit. I said, I want to pimp on you. And she said, what? I said, I want to pimp on you. You a fine ass motherfucker. I can get some money with you. And she said, uh, I know who <laughs> I said, man, one of them bitches was old before they got turned out.
So yeah. I this nigga trying to high side on me because he in the movie. So right. I said, yeah, okay, I'll talk to you. The movie get over. And, and as I'm leaving, I didn't forgot about the shit. As I'm leaving, the niggas walk up to me, man, look, he won't tell me to call him. I said, okay, give me your number. The nigga, give me a card. Pissed me off because back then, you gave motherfuckers a card when you wanted to brush them off. Right. You I know? heard that story before. Yeah. A real nigga get the digits broke down. Right. You know, the suckers get the cars. You know, right. the right, right. But he gave me a card. Man, I was pissed. He said, call me. So I didn't call him. Right. Maybe, maybe two weeks because of this card. And I'm, I'm cleaning out my drawer, see the number, call the nigga so I can leave him a fuck you message. <laughs> and, and, and the nigga answered the phone. Right. He tripped. I said, nigga, that's your number? He said, Ralph, well, why are you making me look like this? I told you two weeks ago, the Hughes brothers wanted to meet you. And, nigga, I don't know no Hughes brothers. Now, OJ Simpson trial was going on. Right, it was a lot going on during that time. Yeah, he said, "This nigga, these niggas at my house right now." I said, "So?" He said, "Can you get here?" I lived in the valley. He lived in Westwood, which was a beautiful way. And I said, "Yeah, I can get there, man, but I don't want to be just coming here to watch the motherfucking old man. I can watch that at home." He said, "Nigga, get over here." Then he had, you know, a sound in his voice. Mm -hmm. So I get dressed, brought my manuscript and all this shit because I'm going to and sell my book. I get there and these niggas are watching OJ Simpson and all they can keep saying is that nigga did it, man. That nigga did it. White bitch. Nigga do anything for a white bitch. Now they said that shit about 10 times. One of them times just got me. I said, I got to leave. Hey, what's wrong with you, bud? Oh, I said, man, these niggas crazy and you're talking about a nigga do anything for a white bitch. The only reason a nigga got a white bitch because it's a white girl and a white bitch get more money because it's easier for her to get it. She ain't mm -hmm. no proper than no black bitch. She's right. stupider than a black bitch. It's a white world. A nigga pimp sharper, you know, not harder. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So that's how that started. Because they couldn't believe what I said. Right. And they started asking me some questions. And, and I was just answering them, you know, shooting answers. And then one of them got up and said, could you talk like that on camera? I said, talk like what? I didn't know what he was talking about. They actors right. and shit. I didn't know what he was talking about. Right. Can you be that confident on camera? I said, man. I was acting like a motherfucker before I ever was one. I was acting like a pimp <laughs> before I ever was a pimp. I'm a born actor, like cameras action. Man, I thought I was just talking shit. Right. Niggas pulled out of truck and pulled cameras out. Big right. old movie cameras. <laughs> Niggas say, come across the street and give us 20 minutes. Right. Just 20 minutes. So I, we go across the street, and that's the first thing you see in American film. Mm -hmm. uh, he's sitting at that table talking, talking to them. Absolutely, about, yeah. About, yeah. That's the first scene. But after that scene, we did about five hours. They said twenty minutes. Mm -hmm. After that scene, the motherfuckers came up to me and said, "Man, we want you to be an American film. We want you to be it." Right. Said, what, what you mean it? You the only do like like you like this man. I, I and we want you to represent the film. Mm -hmm. I said, man, I could represent the film, but I'm not the only motherfucker like this. And, and, then, and then they showed me some footage that they had a, some nigga with mismatched shoes on, and you know in Chicago looking like a clown, a big old. And I say, man, you motherfuckers wouldn't know a pimp if you were sitting next to him eating at a restaurant. Cause right. that pimp, man, that's some cartoon shit. You right. know. Now, I got a problem from that Don Juan nigga because he was one of them niggas. But I wasn't saying he was a cartoon. I'm saying that shit, that, that outfit, that look, that's some cartoon shit. That's that's what white people want to see. Right. That's what white people believe. So mm -hmm. that's what pimps look like. You know, that's an exaggerated version. Mm -hmm. so, so they just, you know, they listening to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm educated, they can tell. 
Right. Then they said, man, we're going to make this about you. And because I did the full circle thing, you know, was a square turning into a pimp, now a big old square, mm-hmm. and my daughter. They thought that was dope. But, but they also thought I was going to agree to them saying that I was the only one like this. Right. And when they said that, I said, hell no, nah, fuck, you can miss me. And, and they say, why? I say, man, I'm not giving the game a black eye like that. Tell that motherfucker, right. you motherfuckers, that I'm the only one like this. I say, the only way I'll do this is if you meet some of my partners and put them in it. And all them old niggas, them real niggas, Kenny Red, all them niggas came from me introducing them niggas to, to the Hughes brothers. Right. And it, it, it turned a totally different from what they were starting out doing. That's crazy. They was clown. They was clowning pimps. The whole thing was to clown pimps because they didn't like their daddy. Their daddy was a half-ass player, left them and all that bullshit. And this was a project they was doing. Mm-hmm. So I came in and I'm spitting all this game at them. And I'm next time I'm man, well, why you don't like this? Now who the fuck told you that? He said, uh. Well, you know, you be making them go home, man. You don't make a bitch do shit. You, you talk a bitch into paying you. The bitch gonna do what she gonna do anyway. Right. If it ain't gonna be for me, it's gonna be for some other man. Well, right. I'm hating the bitch. How can I hate the motherfucker to do me like they do me? Everything yeah. I want, anytime I want it, however I want it, paying me thousands a week from each one of them. What, right. what fool would hate women? So right. I said, is people think that. And that's what they promote. But right. they, they don't promote the real. The real is pimps are very appreciative of women. It could be from greed. It could be whatever you want it to be. But you want to know what it is? It's because a pimp is the only man that can see a hoe as a woman instead of a hoe. Any other motherfucker see that bitch, she's mm. a hoe. Right. She's a hoe. That's right. when that when that pimp see her, that's his woman. Right. If they got some kind of problem, he gonna say bitch, bitch, that whatever. But if it's about he at home with his woman, shoot, it, it's the sex thing, it's the kissing, it's the hugging, it's the looking mm-hmm. TV, it's the dinner, it's the family, it's the whole shot. Then right. it's time to go to work, put on right. your clothes. That's how it go. But. You tell a motherfucker that shit, they won't believe it. They only will believe what they think. And that's mm-hmm. the all bitches woo woo. That's why white girls constantly get turned out because right. their parents send them looking for the wrong thing. Their parents send them out there looking for Huggy Bear. And when they right. go into my motherfucking ass, my slick, tooth wearing, ain't got no glasses on, ain't got no hat on. Ain't trying to talk none of that crazy shit. Rolls Royce on their ass. And when I tell that bitch after I didn't talk to her, and she say, well, what are you? What do you do? Girl, you better tie me in seatbelt. Because what I'm going to tell you, going to knock you over. She well, what is it? Because they think I'm an actor, some kind of entertainer. Girl, I'm a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they all damn near 100% of the time would say? You're no pimp. Because they don't know what a pimp look like. Right, right. They don't know what they think a pimp look like. So right. if I had that hat and them glasses and look like them niggas, them bitches would have never talked to me. I got you. I got you. And for anybody that don't know, the Hughes brothers are the guys that made the, the movie uh, Minutes of Society. So that was a pretty big deal during that yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, Nani, I see your face looking very uh, shocked. Uh, do you have any questions for Mr. Rosebud? <laughs> Before you ask anything, please don't <laughs> ask me unless you want to hear the truth. <laughs> I wouldn't say shocked was the word. I wasn't really shocked at all. Um, I was more so (laughs) embracing a different perspective from a different side of life I've never experienced myself personally. So it's it's actually very interesting to hear your perspective on things. Um, Fresh brought up the documentary American Pimp. the real question that I had was, how do you feel that that documentary affected or how how it contributed to how black people are perceived as a whole? 
in the media. Please do not. See, this is this is why I don't do this shit. So you're just talking bullshit right now. And you know it, and I know it, because black people are perceived exactly the way they are now and 400 years ago. And the pimp nigga ain't gonna make black people be perceived no different. That's just one way for them to blame some old niggas. What I'm gonna ask you is this. Who said it's wrong? Because what I'm saying is, do you ever have you ever seen gun smoke? Have you ever seen um, uh, the High Chaparral or any of those cowboy movies? If you haven't, let me help you to something. They all had saloons. Do you know what a saloon is? Do you? Sounds like a bar of some sorts. Okay, they had a saloon. It was always a lady that ran that saloon. That lady always had holes in there working. That's that a big fact. See them holes going up and down the steps. And who's in the saloon? The judge, the sheriff, every goddamn police officer, all legal people. Well, I, I'm real quick. It sounds like my intention got misinterpreted. I didn't say anything wait, wrong with. Okay, wait, I apologize. Hold on. What I'm saying is. When did it become illegal? Because they're showing you it's not illegal. The only time the, the police or whoever's in there that came in and got into action was if it was a rowdy customer. Mm -hmm. Other than that, they just was drinking and gambling. You want right. to listen? You want to know when it became what people think it is today? Mm -hmm. White girls start getting in niggas. Some money. Right. Listen, right. listen, and what happened? The saloons stopped letting those white girls fucking with niggas work in the saloons. What did the niggas say? Bitch, you don't need to go in there. Stand two blocks down from the saloon and stop before they get there. That's where the whole stroll came from. What mm. is wrong with that? <laughs> well, to be clear on one thing, I have no issue with sex work at all. I think that sex work is the world's oldest profession. And if there was any sort of job that should be legalized, in my opinion, worldwide, I would think that sex work should be the first thing. Um, but what more so the question that I was getting at is that... So, like, when we talk about, like, the media back then and how, like, saloons are portrayed as opposed to when people of color are incorporated into it, I was thinking more so on the tip of, like, birth of a nation. Um, so, when you brought up, like, for example, white bitches is how you refer to them as, but you brought about white bitches and I was thinking about... I'm not trying to start a debate or anything like that. I'm just talking because this is kind of, like, a focal point of my studies. So... When we think about how black people are perceived and black men specifically as being ravenous for white women, it could very well be connected to something pertaining to sex work as well. But we're talking about back in like the early 2000s, late 90s, when like the war on drugs had just been at its like peak, not a few, not even a long time prior to that. And black men being associated with criminology, how do you feel? that this documentary and its timing affects how black people are perceived by the media or by the population. I don't know if you heard me from the beginning, but I told you it has no effect. It only has okay. effect on people that read different bullshit and you incorporate bullshit into your thoughts because that shit is going on. It's going to be going on. Not only hoeing, Everything that niggas be doing is gonna be going on. No matter what, if he put on a hat, that something's wrong with that nigga for wearing a hat. Uh, Obama wore a, a, a beige suit. Something's wrong with that motherfucker for wearing a beige suit. You know, what I'm saying is, who gives a fuck what people do? As long as they ain't fucking with you. Why do all white people let bullshit apply to the fucking race? You don't hear, you listen, you don't say, well, that white person, he mass murdered. Why does white people do that? You know, uh, you, you don't blame no shit on white people. You don't do that. You so I would assume that it's safe to say that you would be an advocate. You avoid yeah. I don't want to talk to you if you ain't going to be real. Oh, no, I can be real with you. I just know that you have white people for what they do. And I ain't talking about two niggas. I'm talking they do it to each other. How long do we have on the podcast? 
Oh, okay. Yeah, about another about another twenty minutes. I ain't gonna say nothing else. I have a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mr. Rosebud. Mr. Oh, Rosebud, thank you. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you. So I I saw a few of your I saw a few of your interviews and um what one thing that um what's the word I was inspired by I like your confidence and you wear many you you wear many hats so you have your lifestyle you say you are an actor you have your father um my question to you is how are you able to compartmentalize if you even are the many hats that you have when you are an actor or when you're performing are you are you but are you something else when you are a father like how do you transition these things and the reason and just to give perspective for that I was raised as the only girl. I have five brothers. So sometimes my views of things um, may be controversial, but it's not controversial. It's just my it's just my truth. It's my experience. And sometimes I, I feel like I have to explain what I'm doing when I want to do something. And I think it will pressure me. So I was really inspired. I was really I really admired your way of you was like from since the day I was born, I said I wanted to be different. How do you compartmentalize the different hats that you wear if you even do? Like, how do you do it? There is no, I mean, there is if you want it to be, but there's no such thing as compartmentalizing to me. What I'm okay. saying, let's say it's my head. Everything, if, if it's about being a daddy, if it's about being a pimp, if it's about playing a saxophone, if it's about being a writer, it's all in my head. And I don't have to keep them in separate compartments because they're all me. I'm not a fake person. I'm not a person that have to remember what I do when I'm writing, and I have to remember what I do when I'm talking about pimping, and I have to remember what I do when I'm being a dad. Now, the dad part, I kept all that shit away from my daughter as far as exposing her to it. But as far as hiding it from her, never did. Every time okay. I talk to my pimp friends, I say the word pimp, talk about bitches, all that shit. My daughter hear that shit. And I let my daughter know, if you make some choices in life and that's what you choose, I'm going to be not supportive, but I'm going to be there for you. Now, what I'm saying is I ain't with this gay shit. She didn't heard me say that all the time she grew up. She gay as fuck right now. And what I'm saying is she can count on me for anything. But don't come over here talking about kissing your girlfriend and having your girlfriend coming over here trying to look like a man and shit. If, if you want her to come over and she looks like a man, but she's acting presentable, then cool. But I don't want her acting like these bros be acting. That's that's gay. You know, uh, got their hand on between their crotch. Hey, you know what I'm saying, dude? Man, fuck that. Now, if you, matter of fact, I paid for her apartment. She lived across the hall. I mean, uh, across the alley from me mm -hmm. i'm not tripping on her choices i'm tripping on bud being real and no matter what she chooses i'm gonna be her dad no matter what i choose i'm gonna be a nigga let me tell you something 33 years i went without having any police interaction got a 4.0 when i got my master's degree went to get my teacher credential. They held a 1983 felony I got that was expunged against me. Now, what I'm saying is, if you're going to do rehabilitation, don't fucking 33 years of no involvement show you've been rehabilitated. Right. If, if you want to do something profitable, not profitable, but good, isn't going to school bettering myself education-wise so that I can help kids because that's what I want to do. I want to teach kids. Because that's, you know, the third, fourth grade, that's where they start going off. They right. be going off before that, but they too young to fuck with. But when you, they, you know, third and fourth grade, you can talk to them easier and you can make mm -hmm. more sense to them. That was my thing. They took that from me. But me, you know what I did? Made me a school. <laughs> I'm teaching now. They call me professor. Right. I, I got to do my school tonight, 6 o'clock, grand mm -hmm. semester starting. And what I'm saying, I've been balling on that. Why? 
because niggas is lacking what I'm talking about. They're, right. they're afraid to talk to straight ahead to a woman, especially somebody pretty like you guys. You, nigga ain't gonna talk to you straight. They're gonna be telling you everything they think you wanna hear. They're gonna be telling you everything but the truth. And they doing that because they ain't confident enough to know themselves. Because the best, the, the best conversation you gonna have with a woman is the truth, especially right. both of y'all kicking the truth and right. making progress. See, people don't believe that. They gotta be somebody else. Now, don't get mad when I say this. Women are the most guilty ones. Listen to this. First, they wake up, put their eyelashes on, put their eye makeup on, put their face on, do all that to their face. Then they put some hair on, do all that to their hair. Then they push their titties up, pull their waist in, put on some heels, and the first thing out their mouth is they want a real man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So let's just piggyback <laughs> off of that and also with Nani. So as I said, I'm a different kind of girl, all right? I'm a different kind of woman because I was raised by my brothers, my uncles, and my dad, and my mom is a very strong-minded individual. So, so my perspective of things, I can have a different, I can have a different view. I mean, I agree with things, but I can have a different understanding of things. And I think just to piggyback off of um, what my colleague Nani has said, right now, I don't know if you're familiar with this movement that's happening, especially with the younger generation. We're trying to come back. You know, we're trying to fight, you know, our oppressors or who is our oppressor. So we're trying to be more enlightened or more conscious of who we are when we're in front of we're trying to show the reality of who we are yeah, as opposed to the reality that they try to impose on us, something that I think that you briefly touched on earlier. Yes. So when she said, like, what her question, I actually understood her question. I don't think she's necessarily saying that what you were doing was bad for the culture or bad for the movement. But how do you mentally separate the two in a sense that, this is a different question. How do you, are you, are you aware that that we're being seen in a certain light and like how do you how do you like um i don't know how you facilitate or maneuver through that for me what i got from you is that you don't care and um and i respect that <laughs> but, but, but wait, um, let, me, let me say this let me say this you're asking a, 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 a serious question about the most stupidest thing you can think of because before pimps before anything Niggas was looked at just like you talking up now, the exact same way. So you and and something come up that make. Let me tell you something. I bet you don't know this. Do no, you know I understand what? where you're coming from. I just it, wanted to it, make sure that Nani understood. I got you know validation for her question. I hear you're talking about how we're being perceived as a race. Mm-hmm. I hear you're asking me to speak on my position as far as what I think of that. And every time I start speaking about it, y'all start talking about, I ain't talking, I'm telling you, it has no effect. It is bullshit. It is what you guys promote. And what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, uh, you just said, are you, do you realize that people see us in a certain light? You just said that. And what I'm saying, didn't they see us in a certain light before? Before before games before it all they seen it as whatever they seen it as uh negative mm-hmm. but the reason they see it as negative is because the pimp nigga is like Muhammad Ali to the ghetto right the pimp nigga get a little kids feed them to, uh, tell ice cream man to uh, get a whole block, whatever. Christmas time, buy the turkey, uh, Thanksgiving. The pimp nigga do that. And what the pimp nigga was showing them uh, niggas that live in the hood, you ain't gotta be under no white man pressure. Right. You don't have to live like you living. Do something. They ain't gonna let you do it legal. Right. Do something right. illegal. 
No, no, you niggas talk about, no, you got black doctors, black lawyers living in the hood hiding because they don't want to look too uppity. Niggas say, man, fuck right. that. Fuck right. that. I want to live like I want to live. I ain't letting no motherfucking peck of wood put their foot on me no more. And right. when you ride through the neighborhood and people see it, it uplifts them. It right. don't hurt them. It uplifts them. Hold on. Do you believe that hold prostitution? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, Rosebud, I got uh, another question. We want to change gears a little bit because I don't want us to go off on a tangent. Um, Oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on now. I didn't have, so, a, I didn't have a question. It's related to the term uh, sex trafficking, right? Now, I hear these terms get thrown around all the time, and I don't agree with a lot of the shit that I hear on the, on the news, which is why I don't watch the news. I like to do my own research, talk to experienced people who've been in these lifestyles, and that's where I get my information from. I don't, I don't listen to nothing that the news say. But I'm just curious what is your position on where we're at right now currently with sex trafficking sex traffic tra sex trafficking versus prostitution or just right right, okay. right. so listen just everybody know what sex trafficking is right yeah i know what it is yeah okay is it the same as a pimp nigga pimping a, a, a bra i don't i don't i don't think it's the same me me That's personally the same he, the pimp nigga don't have 10 bros in the motel chained up to the bed on heroin waiting for motherfuckers to come fuck him. The, right. pimp, the pimp nigga don't uh, kidnap his bro and force her into whatever shit. The pimp nigga right. talk to her and the, she can get out the car if she want to. And he say, look, girl, you need to get with me and blah, blah, blah. And she say, okay, okay, sex traffickers ain't gonna do that. It's a right. total different thing. Now, no that's more. The white no more. Why they do that? You're done. I, so that they can say or lump you're us done. all no in more. the same barrel. The, the sex trafficker you're done. is worse than a pimp. But if you see it all the sex trafficking, they're all the same. But mm. they're not. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're question. Yeah, I um I don't have no judgments, Mr. Rosebud. Uh, respect. If if I'm not if I if if I haven't experienced something, I don't get I don't get a say on it. So what I want to say, I think it's really good for you to say your piece. I watched another um interview with was talking about breaking or explaining misconceptions. I think it's very good for people that have a certain lifestyle that is conceived that's considered controversial for them to have a platform for them to say their piece because people may have their um their idea of what it is like just right. now that question being asked um sex trafficking and the lifestyle of pimping i think it's good for people to ask you questions so that you can give your own interpretation of that so that because i really don't think that people are intelligent in the sense that they don't they don't use all the data or all the information presented in front of them to then make an intelligent opinion of it so i think it's good for you as an individual with the lifestyle that you have for you to say your perception or your view of what happened because it gets to obliterate or it gets to give some perspective to a certain lifestyle that people just judge without mm. being familiar or understanding right. so i appreciate i appreciate you being your genuine self and saying and just saying your experience i respect that i respect you i, I actually you know i ain't you know trying to place you in a category but your your question only when you was trying to piggyback on with nana or whatever they said mm -hmm. every time you start talking about this philosophical type overlook of black people and mm -hmm. no matter i don't care what you do i don't care what we change into we're not going to be seen any different Right. No, no matter what. I agree with that one hundred percent. Obama was the president of the United States, and half the United States was calling him niggas. Right. The other half in the Senate was saying, "We gonna make sure he don't get nothing through." The mm. folks been calling him a nigga. Right. It does not matter what you do. Harvard, Yale, graduate. Right. If they black, 
They got the same obstacle the nigga in the hood have to come to overcome. He I might go and have avenues that the nigga in the hood don't have, but he still got to go through it when he get to that point in them avenues he going through. Mm-hmm. We black. There is nothing. There's nothing we can do. Uh, Magic Johnson, uh, LeBron James, they all niggas to white people. They are niggas. The only thing that make white people accept them is they got money. Anything right. else, they would get shot walking down the street because they too big. Right, right, right. They were scared of us, man. Right. I, I I get that. When I was piggybacking, I was not trying to ask her question. I no, was just trying okay, to man. ask it in the yeah, way yeah, that she wanted yeah. to because, no, because I do think it's important for us to, I, I do think it's important for us to just say our piece, whether or not, if you agree with it or not, but sometimes people really believe what they, what they believe without having any other opinion, any other perception. So I think it's, it's, it's just good to hear different feedback from different places and different ways of right. life. I think it's necessary. Thank you, Mina. Fresh, one, you got last thing, bro? one last thing, the, the biggest thing that, that I learned that people, no matter what, they already have a, a, a I got a one more question. Perception. All right, hold it, on. As far as the perception is it's not going to change until people change. Right. When people change, then they'll see you as they see them. That's ever gonna happen. And you have to accept what you what you got, you know. And what I have is a lot of game. I'm gonna live my life the way I wanna live it. Wake up when I want to, go to bed when I want to, have a drink when I want to, smoke a joint when I want to, ain't gonna ask now motherfuckers for shit, fill my car when I need gas. I mean that's that's my life. Right, right. My daughter it's the most important thing to me is she could have anything. I mean, that's a regular parent. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, no matter what I do, if I was a, a hell of a guitar player and said all this, I still would be a nigga. Right. I agree. Absolutely, it's true, yeah. it's true. It's Go true. ahead, Fred. You, you had your last question, right? I, I, yeah, I got one more question. Uh, Come on. Did you ever teach your daughter the pimp game or show her game? Listen, get this straight, bro. I tried to say it earlier. Maybe you didn't understand it or get it. I didn't hide anything from her. But teaching her, fuck no, I didn't do that goddamn shit. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> if she did or said anything slick, I checked her. Don't be talking that shit up in here. Right. Right. You know, I, I ain't saying that I'm this great guy, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, as soon as Lena do something mad, I'm, I mean, that make me mad, I'm gonna sound like Bud. But she also know if I bit her head off, she, she would hurt her for a minute, but she wouldn't trip because I'd explain this to her about me. And every time, you know, I, 10 minutes later, you know, I'm in there hugging her, so I'm sorry, honey. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I can't stay mad at her. She's everything to me. So, you know, I, I don't want her doing anything. That's why I made sure to, I make every time I make sales, 30, 10% go to her. Right. Just go to her. That's her fucking income. She ain't yeah. working. And I want her to work, but she just. She go get a job and then she quit it. I don't know why she do that shit, but right now she. Cause daddy got my back. I know it. I know no, that. I I'm the only girl. I'm the only girl. I know. I know. I, I, I asked that question. I got five sisters and seven brothers, and and my daddy and mama. There was girl no. shit. And there was boy shit. I, um, I asked that question up. because I gotta. Hold on. Hold on, fresh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Fresh, you got it. Fresh. No, I asked that question because I got a son and I see he, I, I got, I got a son and he really attracted to females. 
that don't mean he gonna try to teach him the game at the same time though. But but man, you know, listen, this is my thing. You don't need to teach boys the game. You need to teach them confidence. Confidence is the game. Right. If they get confident, whatever the fuck they choose, they're gonna be able to do it. But they will choose something. They ain't gonna let nothing fall on them. Right. You know, you gotta you gotta make people see who they are, make them believe in themselves, and you gotta go with what's real. That's right. why I give everybody the same assignment, but I bet not get the same answers. Right. Because everybody get the F if I get the same answers. So I was about to ask you about about your um your confidence like course. So tell us a little bit about your confidence course. Go ahead. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about it. Like what what is what it in what it entails and like what what do you expect from like students in that in that type of time? Well, like I said, uh dudes raised by single mothers and it's no fault it's not a fault of single mothers. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying this is what happens. Otherwise, I don't know if you guys know where all that the women's lib came from, but back in the 60s when it came up, it was only about equal pay for equal work. Once that got achieved, uh, the the women's lib movement started dying out. Then lesbians, then dykes took over, and it became women's, um, uh, oh, I forgot what they called it, but it, it was like a gay thing against a straight thing. But what I'm saying is, I could change my oh, I could do this. I could do well. Okay, go do it. But what that did was make a whole bunch of black women who had to go home to men, and but they talking that shit, have arguments at home right. with their dad, with their husband or the boyfriend, right. and then the boyfriend will leave. Now the doggone uh, son is in there with the mom, and the mom she's not trying to. Do nothing to him. She want to raise him as best she can. Right. Raise him. She unconsciously is raising him to be nothing like his dad. Right. She don't want him to look at women the way his dad looked at women. So what I'm saying is all the things little boys go through being little boys growing up. Um, uh, uh, single women, they try to stop every bit of it they see because they try to protect the future women. They don't want the future girls growing up and running into the uh, dudes like like she had. Right. What that does is make the boys very unconfident. Right. It, it makes them since see when we grew up, I said it was girl things and boy things. Ain't no way in the world I could go use the bathroom that my sister was in there. I yeah. I have a big issue with that. Um... Man, you, the bathroom thing. I'm not really a fan of that. Hey, you see these women let the boy go piss with the girl in the bathroom. Don't think nothing of it. And what I'm saying, when the boys grow up and they start seeing girls as an object, they get scared because they don't know what the fuck to say. They don't know what to do. So what they do, they try to empathize women because they understand about their mother. What they do, they make them fall. They make the women like them. So this is a continuing cycle. That's what Sidewalk University is about. The confidence course is the things to do. But when you get the things to do, if left up to you, you're gonna do them half-ass, just like you did when you, when you didn't want to, you know, improve. You just half-ass do shit. Sidewalk University is gonna make you do 100 percent of what you're there, and it's not difficult. It's just you have to make yourself motivated to do it. But right. if you care, because we do have to learn. You know what rope learning is? You know what rope learning is? Rope learning is you know reading. Uh, hearing, remembering shit, lectures, that kind of stuff. Active learning starts where rope learning ends up. Otherwise, you can you can take this course rotely and, and get a A. Does that mean you could go outside and do whatever that course is about? It should mean that, but damn near people get A's and cannot do what they got an A in. Right. Would you let a doctor operate on your heart that you knew got bees? I <laughs> That's a good point. That's why I don't graduate nobody from Sidewalk University unless they get AIDS. 
They got to get straight A's. You can't graduate talking about you got to be. You can get a, a certificate if you want that, but you ain't getting no diploma. Diploma means you know what you're doing. You graduated in a specific field and you know what you're doing. Ain't no guessing. Otherwise, we don't second guess. Once you graduate from uh, Sidewalk University, our motto is think it, do it. Don't think it and then think about it. Think it. Do it. The reason you could do that is because you've trained yourself to think nothing but progressive thoughts about your life. Nothing. You ain't gonna think to go rob a bank. You ain't gonna think to go jump off a bridge. You ain't gonna think to shoot the police. So you gotta be able to trust your thoughts. You gotta be able to trust your thoughts as soon as you think them. Right. That way, right. it makes you a confident man. Got you. I got you. I love you. that. I love. I love the. I love the concept of like teaching people to be confident because that's really what's going to lead them as you said for them to know themselves once you meet yourself and you know who you are i feel like you have less doubt and less consideration for how people feel about the things that you're doing as to, as to what it actually is i respect right. that i like that that's absolutely right and that's where i'm coming from and and, and the reason i keep so much game in what i'm talking about is because what motherfucker better to emulate as far as mentality towards what you're trying to do if it's with women than a nigga like me? Because I don't, I don't need no background on you. All I got to do is see you and get you to talking to me. Everybody that graduate feel that way, mm. and they don't say what I say because I don't tell them what to say. And when they ask me, well, what, what do you think I should say? Man, I wish I would tell you what to say. If I told you. If you said it, then you would have to be me. You would have to do everything I would do after I said it the way I would do it. No, say what you think. Then you cannot fake. Dudes are so fake. That's all they do. Fake jewelry, fake hair. I mean, come on, man. They right, take right. women, man. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, Mr. Rosebud, man, we want to clap it up for you. I could literally sit here and listen to you talk like all day. Like I could literally do that like all day, but unfortunately we on a time limit. And I want to just yes. thank you for joining us. And I would love to come on your podcast and talk about- I want to enroll. I, I, I want to enroll in Sidewalk University. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's only for men. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I, got, I got one question though. What's I that? Somebody, I got, I got, I got one question. How can somebody enroll? How can somebody enroll in your class? Um, askrosebud at gmail.com. That's my email. How can somebody enroll in your class? I'm finna tell you. We got you. Uh, you. You hit me on the email, tell me you're interested. Then I send you to my doggone site, and you can check out how you want to join. And all you do is find uh, Sidewalk University on Facebook groups. And then after you made your payments and stuff, just ask to join the group. Then I'll let you join the group. Once you join the group, you'll be privy to all this information. All right. All right, all right. Need something all for right. women, Mr. Rosebud. Mr. Rosebud, you need something for women like me, okay? <laughs> I, hey, I got something for a woman like you. <laughs> oh, hey, yo. <laughs> no, thank you. I, 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 I don't want that position. <laughs> all right. So, Mr. Rosebud, I want to thank you so, so, so much for joining us. This was so much fun. I appreciate you dropping that game, dropping them jewels on us. And uh, shout out to Nani. Uh, Nani had to step away for a second. My bark is much worse than my bite. <laughs> I know, I know. I have to defend myself at, at times, too, because that's the that's confidence in me, and you, you play a little role in that as well. Hey, you guys, I appreciate this, man. And whenever you want me Thank to come you. back, I'm down and dirty. Oh, definitely. We, we definitely going to do a part two. Where you guys are coming from, but now that I do know, yeah. I'm, ready, I'm ready for anything. But now that I do know, I'm more ready. Okay. Say no more. Say no more. All right. So I want to thank everybody for joining us that's on the live stream with us. I want to give a shout out to my my homegirl, Lena B, right here. Um, my little thank bro, you. Fresh. And our resident auntie ninety, who had to step away for a second, and our special guest Rosebud, definitely uh, look him up. His email is askrosebud at gmail.com. He also has a YouTube channel. You can find him on YouTube. Much love, well. God. Much love. 
And um, you know, you, guys, you guys treated me well, and I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, brother. We appreciate your time. So we're going to fade this one out. See y'all right. next week. Peace. Thank you.